Welcome. Pull up a seat, grab a cup, and get ready to share, listen, and learn. This is my favorite coffee story with your host, Aniko Samoji. You'll hear about the stories about coffee itself, the history, health benefits, recipes, and more, along with some personal stories inspired by coffee and the lifestyle. Now, here is Aniko Somoji. Welcome to My Favorite Coffee Story. We have such a great show today, and our wonderful guest is joining us from Buenos Aires, Argentina. We're talking about living life through coffee, reinventing oneself. And before I introduce our very special guest, we have our Anikona Farm moment. Today, I thought we'd talk about aloha, and a lot of people ask me about aloha, and what is that word about, and when you live in Hawaii, how how do you feel aloha, and I have to say, aloha is a way of life, it's very important for the Hawaiian and in Hawaii, and it's about family and family times, and it's about slowing down, and it's about appreciating life and our ancestors, and also about being kind, giving kindness, and also about love. So I thought I'd share about aloha, because when we live in Hawaii, on the big island of Hawaii, Right above Kona Town, Aloha is so much a part of our every And I thought I'd just share that with you as part of our Anikona Farm moment. So let's talk about living life through coffee and reinventing oneself. Maria Esther Lopez Tommy is joining us today. She is a 2016-2018 SCA Technical Standard Committee Fellow, and that is Specialty Coffee Association Technical Standard Committee Fellow. She's also an SCA coffee trainer a green coffee bear, a roaster, a head coach. She she was a lawyer for 20 years, and then she set up an artisan specialty coffee shop in 2015 called Cafe Registrado in Buenos Aires, Argentina. We are so delighted to welcome you, Maria Esther, today to My Favorite Coffee Story. Hello, good afternoon. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm super excited to have the chance to talk to you. We are super excited you're here, Maria Esther, and we are so looking forward to hearing more about your personal stories and your life journey, which is truly amazing. So we'd love to share how you grew up in Venezuela and how you've talked about the the beautiful beaches and mountains and fertile soil, the sun, the natural resources in Venezuela. It's like having summer 365 days of the year. There aren't any seasons. Please share with us what it was like to grow up in Venezuela. Oh, my God. Um, This is super excited to say. Um, This is a chance that I have to talk about my country that, Right now, not many people know because Venezuela is going through a phase, uh, hard times, some difficult uh, problems in economy, in health, in education. 
Um, this is not what we used to be. Growing in Venezuela, I never expected in my entire life that I was going to be living in another country. Uh, Venezuela is a place, it's a country that um, we are kind and happy people. We love to receive and to welcome people from around the world. We receive people from Spain, from Italy, from all Latin America when all these countries had wars or problems or even socialist uh, Regiments, we receive everybody. Um, we never ask, where are, why are you here? Um, why are you coming to our country? You can't work here. We never did anything like that. We receive everybody because this is the kind of people that we were. Um, yes. Growing, I was super happy doing gymnastics, um, swimming. Friends, you know, in the streets, playing like a regular kid. Um, then, uh, I don't know what to say. It was like, a, I, I think that like everybody in their countries, things, you never think that uh, you are not going to have these kind of things. You think that you give everything for granted, as you say. Um, that's what's happening to me. I grow being happy, being a person uh, with friends, with family. And right now, I don't have anybody in Venezuela. I have my house alone, my car, my personal belongings. Um, I have three years that I haven't visited my country, my house. So growing in Venezuela was uh, a super nice experience, an experience that my daughter didn't have, um, that... It's kind when I see to the past, when I see myself or try to remember myself in the past, this is a Venezuela that no longer exists. Um, I don't know. Yes. You know, it's, it's hard. It's so hard. And we so appreciate you sharing with us and with our listeners around the world about your early days. We're so curious how you decided to pursue a law degree at the university. Universidad de Carabobo in 1989. And you also did postgraduate work, diploma, I guess, in tax management. What inspired you about law, Maria Esther, please? Well, I decided to to study law because I like it. I, it's not something, you know, when you're growing up, I say, I want to be a lawyer, I want to be an astronaut, I want to be a, I don't know, a police person, uh, I decided that I wanted to be uh, to, to study law, and I did. Um, the first week that I was, we needed to do like a course, a pre-introduction course, to be able to get into the law school. And the first week that I was there, I knew that I liked it, and I did. I really love to be a lawyer. And the thing is that when I was in the school, because of my grades, I was. Uh, I graduated uh, cum laude, like with 18 points. Uh, Venezuela has in the school, you have to be like from 10 to 20. And 20 is the maximum grades that you can get. And I I graduated with 18. So I had oh, like this great. special uh, diploma. 
um, when I was a, still studying, there was this institute or organization in Venezuela that was going to be created because the international, the I don't know how to say in English, the phone, the Inter-American Bank, yes. World Bank, uh, uh, well, they wanted to give like a credit to Venezuela to do a modernization, like they call And they came to all the universities to look for the people that had the best scores. And they uh, found me and they recruited me. Is that okay. the word? Okay, they recruited me, yeah. So that's why before getting my diploma, I started working with the tax administra administration. Um, it was, I mean, it was great. I was excited. You know, I was super young and I had this job. They were paying super good. It was in Caracas City and it was uh, incredible because the best people in all the different disciplines in Venezuela started working for this administration, this new administration. They wanted to do the things different. Right. They wanted that people pay taxes, but to invest this money back in the society. So I was really proud to be part of this institution, and I started working in one department, and then through the years I started specializing in tax in custom taxes. So that's why when I started being a lawyer for the country, I represent Venezuela in different uh, 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 lawyer courts, in the courts. So when Venezuela, for instance, a person has um, a problem in tax evasion, I was one of the persons that had to represent the country against this person. I always oh. love that I I always try to remember myself like a person that was able to see the truth in the process, not thinking that just because I was working for the government, uh, I never thought that I was working for the government. I thought that I worked for the country. And if you were a person, but what you were saying was the truth, I try to always see the truth and give the reason to the person that was, um, uh, you know, in, in the problem. I, I don't know if I yes. can make myself understood, but what I meant is that when I was working for the administration, it didn't matter to me if you were a uh, a civil or you were the country. What I wanted is that the truth at the end was the um, the one on the table. And if you were right, you were you was you were going to yes. be right. If you were not right, I was going to uh, try to get the um, situation back to the state. That's what I used to do when I was a lawyer. And you said it so beautifully, Maria Esther, and and how you really focused on the truth and justice. And I'm sure you did such an amazing job as a lawyer. And I think it's interesting that you became a specialist in administrative law and you did a lot of projects for the Venezuela Tax Administration. 
I'm curious when you were also working as a lawyer and also at university, if you had some favorite coffee stories by chance, I know that your mother would, you have some very special memories with your mother brewing coffee, maybe in the morning using a a filter, and maybe she sort of helped you learn about coffee. Please share about some of those university days and maybe during your professional days. Yes. Uh, well, my mother was a special person, you know. She, sadly, she, she died from cancer when I was still uh, at the university. She didn't see me graduate. So, but she was super special. She was all the time, uh, she taught us that uh, it doesn't matter you, your background, it doesn't matter what you have, you always have to gi- give the best that you are able to give. Um, she loves to drink coffee. Um, in Venezuela, we have this tradition that uh, everybody drinks coffee. And we start drinking coffee since we are like four or five years old. We have this kind of bread that is super sweet and soft. And they give you this when you are growing up. And we call uh, pan dulce. It's like sweet bread. So when we are growing up in the afternoon, maybe for dinner or maybe like uh, for a snack, your parents give you pan dulce con, with um, coffee and milk. Just a little bit of coffee and a lot of milk, but the, it's this feeling that you are drinking, you know, you are part of the family, everybody's drinking coffee, and you are drinking coffee with milk. Um, she used to give that to us all the time. Not so much coffee because she said that it was not good for for us because we were small. <laughs> But she used to give us the bread, and you have to put the bread into the cup of coffee with milk. So what you eat is the bread all wet in coffee with milk. It's, some, it's something super delicious for us. So yes, when this, this tradition was all the time, since you are growing up until you are old, it doesn't matter when you are thinking your mother, you're thinking the bread and, oh, mom, let's go and let's buy some mm, pan dulce with coffee and milk. And you keep this tradition from with your sons and your kids and from, the ki- from your grandkids and everything. You are always teaching to eat bread, sweet bread with coffee and milk. And at the university, it was exactly the same. I always drink coffee with milk until I started my career in the specialty coffee industry. But before that, I love to drink coffee with milk, sometimes maybe more coffee, sometimes maybe more (laughs) uh, milk, but always, always drink this. And I remember this feeling since I was five with my mom in my house in Venezuela. Maria Esther, it's so wonderful how you shared those special moments in having the bread dipped in the coffee with the milk and how your mother inspired you, which also seemed to channel in how you were inspired about coffee. We're going to talk a little bit more before we go to break about how coffee really was something 
that Maria Esther, you really felt was important to you. And when we come back after the break, we'll share a little bit more how you ended up quitting your lawyer job to really spend 100% in coffee. Please share with us what it was about coffee that was so inspiring for you. Um, I know that maybe what I'm going to say is going to sound kind of... uh, it's a good word, I don't know, but yes. it saved my life, really. Uh, you can't imagine what I was going through when Chavez uh, was elected as a president and what happened with all the people that say no to this government or that was um, really straight to say our opinion, what they did was something that I can't even explain to you because yes. it's illogical. But um, coffee came in a moment that I was really uh, going crazy, having problems not only in my job but in my personal life because of everything that was happening at my job. It affected my yes. whole life. And I started having problems with my husband at that moment and in my relationship, in the house. So coffee came in a moment that it saved my life. And we can't wait to hear. When we come back after the break, listeners, we're going to talk a little bit more with Maria Esther about how you quit your lawyer job and spend more time in coffee. So listeners, please join us as we talk with Maria Esther right after the break. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com My favorite coffee story is brought to you by Anikona Farm, where every bean we grow represents a great story somewhere in the world. When you buy coffee from Anikona Farm, you're investing in new memories, stories, and experiences. We harvest our beans with your future story in our heart. So, from our heart to yours, enjoy the Anikona experience. May your coffee story be as rich and delicious as our Kona coffee with love. Please visit Anikona.com and get your Anikona Story coffee special today. Our humanity is a thing we take for granted, but it takes many forms, and it requires much of us to fully express it. Listen to On Living, The Trauma and Beauty of Being Human, with host Dr. Leanne Nguyen. This program will explore topics about survival, fulfillment, hope, connection, being fully alive to ourselves and to others. Guests are people whose life experience inspires us to reflect on these questions. Tune into On Living, broadcasting live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com.
You are listening to my favorite coffee story with Aniko Samoji. Drop us a line and share your story. Our email address is orders at anikona.com. Again, that's orders at anikona.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to my favorite coffee story. We've been having such a nice time with Maria Esther Lopez Tommy, and she's an SCA Technical Standard Committee Fellow. That's for Specialty Coffee Association. She's an SCA coffee trainer, green coffee buyer, roaster head coach. She's been a lawyer for 20 years. And she set up a specialty coffee shop in 2015 in Buenos Aires, and we're going to hear all about that. We've been chatting with Maria Esther Lobes Tommy about her growing up days in Venezuela and how Maria Esther had become an attorney and had worked with the Venezuelan Tax Management Office and a little bit about how her love of coffee really did save her life. And we were just going to ask Maria Esther how she decided to quit being a lawyer and also spend 100% of her time and creative energy with coffee. How did that happen, please? Okay. Um, I want to say that uh, I really love to be a lawyer. Um, Venezuela um, is a social respect profession. Um, the people that they were doing this kind of modernization in the tax administration, they work really hard. They look for really well-prepared people, people that study in abroad, for instance, in Harvard, in La Sorbonne, in France, in many places around the world. They came to work with us. Um, being part of that was a really such a great experience for me. And I'm really proud of what I did. I work in many of the laws that today make a difference in Venezuela at that time. I'm talking about 1994, 1995. Uh, um, I I never would be able to regret what I had at that moment. Um, but sadly, when Chavez came to the uh, government, they started, they, they sold the idea that they wanted to be uh, like uh, work for the people and that they wanted to help poor people to overcome that situation. But at the same time, they came to the administration being super hard on all the people yeah. that used to work. Thank you, Maria Esther Lopez Tommy, for sharing about these political tensions in Venezuela and how ultimately it inspired you to leave your own country. You packed two bags, you took your daughter and your dog, and you left the country for a whole new life, reinventing yourself through coffee. Okay. Well, it was not easy for at all. I, as By the moment that I was uh, making the decision of leaving, it happened a lot. I started in coffee when I, it was like uh, 2005 that I started, you know, researching and doing some kind of uh, reading on the internet and things like that. By the time that I quit my job, it was 2014. So I was like uh, trying to invest on myself in coffee. I was as a way to escape to all the things that that 
happened as a job by that moment, I um, yes. started studying about coffee. Um, in, I became, uh, uh, I don't know how we can explain this part because it was not easy. It is, I mean, being a working for the administration but at that time that Chavez was the president, they, you only have two choices. Or you say yes to all the things that they wanted to do or you say yes to all the things that they wanted to do. Huh. Yes, because of my um, position that I said, I'm not going to do what you want to do. If you want to do this, you do it by yourself. They uh, started doing uh, things to me. For instance, the government of Chavez, they treat you the way they uh, believe that you deserve. For instance, if you didn't like to work like many people in the administration, like at that moment that they used to be like, they were there just because they were friends or they were cousins or family of the government. What they did is they put you a lot of work or they give you a lot of work so you be like under pressure. But if for, for by any chance you were the person that you were working all the time, that you used, you love to work, that you come to your job every day and you do your things, what they did is that they take away, they took away all your job and they left you sitting in a chair the whole day doing anything. So you literally, oh. you were not because you didn't have anything to do. And they did this to me in 2008. They took away all my job and they gave me just a chair. So I had to sit there in front of a computer doing anything. That was the moment I cried like for four months in a row. I was crying all the time, getting to the house super depressed. And at some point I said, okay, I have to take, I have to, this is the moment that I'm leaving. This is what I have. I only have one option. Or I quit, and I could not quit because I was alone with my daughter and I have to provide for her. Or I take the time and I see this as an opportunity. So this is what I did. I started studying. I was all the time on internet reading, researching, uh, you know, being in contact with other coffee people by that time, SCA. SAA had an incredible program and an internet. There were a lot of information, and this is what I did. I started reading all the time and deciding, okay, I would like to go here or I would like to go there. I was, like, planning where to go and what to do in coffee. In the meantime, I was all the time having a bad time in the work. I was all the time crying at work, and when I was not crying, I was on internet. That was my life, like, for almost two or three years. I think it's so amazing how you were able to learn all about specialty coffee. You became a trainer. You volunteered at coffee events around the world. And it seems like you love training people in Coffee Matters. 
It's fantastic how you developed your barista skills. You attended the Los Angeles Coffee Business School. And then ultimately, you met your husband while you attended a World Barista Championship in Rimini. And then together, it sounds like you decided to set up in 2015 the Artisan Specialty Coffee Shop Cafe Registrado in Buenos Aires. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yes. Um, well, it was an incredible experience for me because at that, at that moment I had a huge experience in teaching, but I never had the chance to uh, put a business by myself. So uh, I was in Venezuela and I was going to move to Barcelona. There was, there is this big company and an importer in Barcelona, Spain, that they import green coffee from around the world. They wanted me to go and work with them. And in fact, they started doing all my legal papers or legal documents in 2014. Um, in 2015, when I was going to move to Barcelona, because you need the approval of the government, of Spain to be able to get the visa, the work visa. At that point, we were waiting for all these documents, and I came to Argentina to give a you training, a hosting course. And when I was giving the course, like five days after when I was leaving, the person that hired me, he said, listen, I have a proposal for you. And I said, well, I'm going back to Venezuela, and after that, I'm going to move to Barcelona, Spain. But you can send me the proposal by email. I thought that he wanted to keep uh, moving forward with the training. And when I came back to Venezuela, the next day, I have, I had the answer of the Spain government saying that my visa was denied because I was Venezuelan. Um, oh. I, you can imagine, yes, you can imagine how I was. I was uh, super frustrated because I put all my energy and all my dreams and hopes in moving to Spain and with my daughter, of course. And then I received that day the email of this guy that he was saying, listen, uh, with me, you are going to be my partner. We are going to create something special with all your knowledge. Um, come here, let's create something beautiful. And that day I said, okay, this is what God is putting me on my way, so I'm going to say yes. And I, like two months later, I was moving to Buenos Aires with my daughter. Um, we spent almost two and a half years creating what we did in Buenos Aires. And I'm really... Uh, super proud of what we did. Um, at the same time, I think that it was like uh, the path that I had to to take at that moment because this is the way that Dylan came to Buenos Aires from Seattle because he came to help me to set the roster process in Café Registrado. And at the end, well, we are now married and we are doing not only what we do in Café Registrado, but we are at the same time 
uh, doing new plans for ourselves. So we are right now we are not in Argentina. We are in Peru sourcing coffee, beautiful coffees from this beautiful country. And then we are coming back to Buenos Aires in two days. So, uh, yes, we are doing a wonderful job for the specialty coffee industry in Buenos Aires. We believe in what we do, but at the same time, we want to do something for ourselves. Um, is to create a new school in the United States, and we are working right now for that. Oh, that's so wonderful, and I wish you all the best in doing that. Cool. Well, I know that, the, that you've set up with the Cafe Registrado, it's a training laboratory as well as a roasting facility and sourcing beans from the producers. I know you're very interested in that direct trade, source beans, the relationships with the producers and the sustainability. Uh, what is your favorite part about running Cafe Registrado? Uh, everything, but I have to say that <laughs> one thing of my job that I really love is to have the chance of meeting so wonderful people around the world. I I feel that I am really blessed to have the chance to share a meal with the producers, to listen to their stories to cry with them when sometimes they start crying when they are telling their stories to you. And being able to be part of that, even if it's a small part, this is something that you, uh, that enrich your life, that make you feel like more um, lucky to all the things that you have. You know, yeah. because we live in cities. We live in our houses and sometimes I, I'm not saying that our worries are selfish. I'm not saying that, but sometimes we worry about things that are like super material or so superficial. Um, yeah. When you talk to the producers, they worry about the water. What water are they going to drink? They worry about the bed. Are they able to buy a bed for the kids? They worry about the education. How are they going to go through the, the season? Are they going to be able to pay for the schools, for the kids? So these are things that when you have the chance to, to be in contact with, you, you can say, oh my God, I'm not going to, I, I won't worry about my shoes or about my luggage, or because I don't have the new phone, or things like that, you know? It's, it's yes, like you absolutely. appreciate a little bit more life. Definitely, and I love how you say the coffee community is so supportive, and how, how you say it really does bring a lot of smiles and hopes and dreams. And thank you for sharing how you work with the producers. When we come back after the break, listeners, we're going to talk a little bit more with Maria Esther about some of our current projects and the exciting things that are going on at Cafe Registrado. So right after the break. So please join us. Thank you.
stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. My favorite coffee story is brought to you by Anikona Farm, where every bean we grow represents a great story somewhere in the world. When you buy coffee from Anikona Farm, you're investing in new memories, stories, and experiences. We harvest our beans with your future story in our heart. So, from our heart to yours, enjoy the Anikona experience. May your coffee story be as rich and delicious as our Kona coffee with love. Please visit Anikona.com and get your Anikona Story coffee special today. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to My Favorite Coffee Story with Aniko Samoji. Drop us a line and share your story. Our email address is orders at anikona.com. Again, that's orders at anikona.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to My Favorite Coffee Story. We have Maria Esther Lopez Tommy with us today. She is a Specialty Coffee Association Technical Standard Committee Fellow. She also is a coffee trainer, a green coffee buyer, a roaster, a head coach. She's been a lawyer for 20 years. She set up an artisan specialty coffee shop called Cafe Registrado with her husband, Dylan, in Buenos Aires in 2015. And she was just sharing how they set that up and about the coffee community and working with producers. And she's calling in right now from Purdue as they've been meeting with some of the coffee farmers there. And that's why thank you listeners for understanding a little bit about the connection. But we're so thankful to Maria Esther for sharing her incredible story. We were just wondering, please, a little bit more about Cafe Registrado there in Buenos Aires, Argentina, and also about the team and about the vibe. When one goes in there, I know it's a training lab and a roasting facility. Please share with us a little bit about the vibe. Well, um, I'm glad you asked. I am really proud about my team. I have in Cafe Registrado, we have, um, sadly, because it's something that is happening in my country, all of the young people are leaving. They are all around the world in the countries that still are receiving us. Um, they are alone. They, are, they left, like me, they left their families, their houses, their jobs. 
and they are around the world trying to survive. So in Café Registrado, we have seven Venezuelans and two Colombians working with us. I am glad that I can be part of their life today. We are a family. My baristas, um, Dylan and me, we work super close. We are family in Buenos Aires, and because all of us, uh, Buenos Aires is not our country in the sense that we didn't, we were not born in Buenos Aires. So we make a family, a club of people um, with no country right now. Um, we work together, we fight sometimes, we are in constant training all the time. I am really proud of what we have created there. They look uh, at us as an example. Um, they uh, want to be part of what we do, even if uh, it means in terms of coffee, even uh, in their life. Now they are getting married, they are having girlfriends, and in two years that we have been mm -hmm. open it, the life has improved a lot. Um, being part of that makes us super happy. Uh, Café Registrado has a super good vibe. We are all the time uh, happy, dancing, doing coffee, uh, trying to talk to the customers and to um, improve the specialty coffee uh, industry in Argentina, trying to make people aware of drinking coffee with no sugar and no milk, um, especially trying to try new origins and try to understand what is behind the cup. That is not only this beverage that makes you happy, that makes you warm. It's, it's a whole story behind that. It's a whole country. It's a family that is behind the cup. And this is what we try to translate and to make people know when they come to Café Registrado. Yes, and you have met so many wonderful friends along the way, and I love how you talk about how coffee has really helped to reinvent yourself and how the coffee community is so supportive. Now, Venezuela used to be one of the leading producer coffee country in the world and we had talked earlier how Venezuela has certainly gone through a lot of changes your growing up days were certainly beautiful and spending time at the beaches and and enjoying moments in the sun well how would you describe the latest situation in Venezuela well um this is this is kind of uh, it's going to be it's going to sound kind of uh, strange in Venezuela, we have three kinds of people. The people that is desperate for living, that they don't have the resources, or maybe they have the resources how to go out, um, but they can't for any reason. Maybe they don't have passport, or maybe they can't leave their houses, or maybe they can't leave their jobs, or they have kids studying still in the school. Uh, there are the people that is happy with what is happening because they receive things from the government or they just don't care. They just, you know, 
I have monthly, the government is giving me something, so I don't really care about anything else. And there are the people that have a lot of money that they said, I'm not going to leave my things. I'm not going to lose everything just because. So they stay. All of these people live together in a country that is falling apart. We don't have mm. medicines. We don't have uh, right now the health care uh, or the hospitals. They are not working. Last week, I heard about a girl that died because of an attack of asthma. Uh, oh. it, it, I I can't believe that, you know, that that's when you say, oh, my God, asthma, that is super easy to control. And she died in a hospital because they didn't have the medicine to give to her. So the, um, uh, that's the situation. But at the same time, you see people, if you see the, for instance, the Instagrams, they are on the beaches, they are on the restaurants, they are eating, they are like yes. looking happy. And in the other hand, you have all the people saying, uh, this is awful, I cannot keep living here, or I am having such a bad situation. I, For instance, I have to all the time send money to the woman that used to clean my house because she doesn't have the money enough to eat. I'm not oh. talking about buying things, I'm talking about food. She doesn't yes. have the money to buy food. So I have to send her money to help her to yes. go through the month. So um, this is what is happening. But uh, still, we have people that is fighting. I, we have people yes. that believe in the country, that have the faith that this is going to end somehow, somewhere. Um, this is what is happening. I, it's uh. like uh, two different words in 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 the same country. It is. It's, it's super difficult, yes. It's very difficult, and I am so sorry to hear about things right now in Venezuela. It just is heartbreaking, and I'm, ju I'm just so sorry about that. I think how you have started Cafe Registrado in Buenos Aires and how you focus on really making such a difference in people's lives through coffee by, by helping them learn and training people and providing the best source be and focusing on sustainability, I, I just think it's so incredible. And we're very grateful to you and Dylan for, for all that you do to help people around the world. How would you say, Maria Esther, you balance your time? Well, uh, Buenos Aires is a city that uh, is a cosmopolitan city, but at the same time, you can... Um, do all your things and be able to have a life. Uh, I am lucky enough to say that I don't work because I love what I do. And this is not mm -hmm. something that I am just repeating. It's the truth. I really love what I do. And Dylan exactly the same. So when we are working, we are super happy. Um, we finish our work and we go home. Um, sometimes, well, we go for dinner or we cook at home. We see, you know, we watch a movie. Um, the rest of the time we are traveling, like today. We have 17 days now out of our home. We were in Colombia first and now 
we are in Peru and we came uh, today, we came from Jaén, that is a region here where are incredible producers. So we were with them for two days and now we are coming, we are in Lima and we are coming back home on Wednesday. So uh, we have an incredible good life. We sometimes it's hard because you get sick, you eat, of course, different kind of food. Um, right. You can't just say no to a producer that with all his love is offering the best that they have and you are uh, happy enough to share that meal. But maybe because it's not the food that you are used to eat, you get sick. Um, I was sick the whole week that I was here. Um, but you have to wake up every day and go and be in the car and go in the road for far, four hours or six hours to go to the farmer, cup in coffee, do everything, and then come back again in the car for six hours more. Um, you just have to do it because this is the way they they can be in contact with you. These are some, some of these people that they have never traveled or they don't go to look for you. You have to come to them. So this is what we do. Is Sometimes it's not easy, but I won't change a piece of it. Oh, and I just think it's so wonderful how you help those producers and you're respectful and you you set such an amazing example and we're we're so thankful to you. I'm so curious if you were to describe before we close here in a few minutes, Maria Esther, what your dreams are. How would you describe them? I my dreams are uh, being able to be with my family. I will give my life to be able to be back in Venezuela and to create something in my country and be able to be with my friends, um, be able to visit the place that I grow with my brothers and my sisters and with my mom. I will um, give my life to have that back um, to bring Dylan to to visit the Margarita Island that is a is a paradise is an incredible country and to meet my friends um, even to be able to go back with my daughter um, to visit the beaches um, that's my dream but in the meantime I'm gonna give the best that I can I'm gonna work hard with coffee and I have my dream in my new school with Dylan. This is uh, something that I really uh, wish to be able to achieve. We are now in the part of talking to sponsors and to people that would love to do a partnership with us. Um, uh, Sometimes people say that your heart is where your family is and that I, I like to consider myself like a citizen of this world. But I would like to think that there is a world where I can come back to my country and leave my country if I want, not because I have to, but just because I decide to leave my country. 
Yes, and we wish you and Dylan all the best with your school. And of course, listeners, if you'd like to support or help in this whole process, you can always contact Maria Esther Lopez Tommy at uh, Cafe Registrado. And I know that would be, they would be so delighted. But we also wish you all the best as one day I hope you'll be able to return to Venezuela and see your country and your friends. And we just, have been so honored to have you with us today on My Favorite Coffee Story. Thank you for sharing how you've really reinvented yourself through coffee and and you live your life through coffee. So thank you again for being with us today, Maria Esther, on My Favorite Coffee Story. Thank you very much, Aniko, for listening to me. And thank you to all the people that are listening to this program. I really appreciate that you took the time to talk to me and I hope that God bless you and all of your your listeners. Thank you uh, very much. That's so thank we're so thankful to you and listeners. Thank you for joining us today. We've really had a wonderful time sharing coffee stories that help us reinvent ourselves and living life through coffee and sharing about the changes in Venezuela, and we hope that country will will have some positive developments and how Maria Esther Lopez Tommy left her country and found hope through coffee. Thanks again for being with us. We've so enjoyed it. You can always visit anikona.com. And also, if you have questions, we can continue the conversation at orders at anikona.com. We started together talking about aloha. We heard about all the aloha that Maria Esther brings to her family and friends, and we wish our listeners a wonderful aloha. Thank you for taking an hour out of your busy week to join us on My Favorite Coffee Story. Please tune in again for another edition with your host, Aniko Samoji, next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, we hope you'll have a relaxing week.